Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Suited for Good podcast. Uh, today is an absolute treat. Um, I was able to get to know Colin Cooper and just basically cry it out for about 45 minutes uh, and just absolutely blown away and inspired by his story and uh, how much he has overcome in his life. And also, you know, when you meet him, he is, uh, I mean, from just first instinct is just, I, I felt like immediate connection of just a kind heart and a good soul. And, uh, and he is just that he's a, he's a good, good soul. And to, to hear his story, to hear the impact that he's creating now with the lessons he's learned through some very, very difficult circumstances and, and to celebrate the triumphs of overcoming so much and also just being able to to reconnect with his his family after so much difficulty i it really hit me hard and it just reiterates to me as as almost every one of these interviews has that uh how important it is that we we be compassionate to other people and drop this concept of us knowing what other people are going through because uh, we don't we don't know what what has caused other people to live the life that they've chosen and and there's just a lot that goes into everybody's decisions and anyway I was really touched by this interview and yeah I'm excited for you all to listen to it. Well, Colin Cooper, thanks for joining us on our Super Good podcast. Thank you for having me. So uh, yeah, just you know, like we we just briefly chatted before the interview, I just. Want to hear more about your story, you know, like where you grew up and and the challenges and the highlights and and just, uh, yeah, just your story. So maybe we can start out. Where were you born? I'm uh, Provo, Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So local? Yes. All right. Yep. Uh, when were you born? Uh, 1980. Okay. So I got you by a year, man. I was, I was 79. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, born and raised in Provo? In Orem. Orem. In Orem? Yep. Okay. So where in Orem? Where'd you go to high school and all that stuff? Uh, so I went to uh, uh, elementary in Orem, and then uh, when I was 12, we moved to Springville, Utah. Oh, okay. All right. And Springville's a smaller town, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Did you like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was weird at first just because I was the new kid, and yeah. it kind of felt like the, like the movies. You yeah. know, the new kid goes in, and mm -hmm. everybody wants to see, you know, what's, what the new kid's about and stuff. So Yeah. But I, I played sports and different things, and so I made friends real quick after yeah. that. Yeah. So 11, you said? 12. 12? Yeah. So what? That's seventh grade-ish? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So uh, what sports did you enjoy? Uh, I played everything. Basketball, yeah. baseball, football. I loved it all. Love so, it, man. Yeah. Basketball's my favorite. <laughs> I, I still play. I, yeah. love, I love basketball. Um, what position did you play in basketball? So shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I am. Oh, nice. There's not a shot I don't love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, they call me the black hole sometimes. I just oh, love really? To shoot. Yeah, okay. I love to shoot. So. All right, Curry. Um, okay, what was, yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> but I'm not Steph Curry. That's the problem. Like, if I was Steph Curry, they probably wouldn't. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love basketball, man. That's so much fun. So, okay, and then Springville, and then did you stay there through high school and all that stuff? Yep. Okay. So what was uh, family like? life like? Uh, family life was good. Um, uh, my, my mom and dad, uh, uh, raised us to be, uh, I have, so I have four younger brothers. So it's, we have a, my mom always said she had her own basketball team. So five boys, yes, huh? five boys. And you were so, the oldest? Yes. And I'm the oldest. Okay. So, um, growing up was, was good. My dad, uh, was super, uh, hard worker, loved uh -huh. work. Um, taught us the value of, of work and, and anything you want in life. If you work for it, you can have it. Hmm. Um, so he was a great father. Um, my mom was a, most of, most of, uh, my life was a stay home mom. So she was always there. Yeah. She was always making breakfast for us. She was that mom. She's super mom. Hmm. Um, yeah. So my life growing up and through high school and everything was, was really, really good. Good memories as yes. a kid. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got four kids and my kids fight nonstop. <laughs> How were you, did you get along with your brothers when you were when you were younger? Uh, yeah, for the most part. So my younger brother is is like seventeen months younger than me. 
Uh-huh. And him and me would like we were like best friends. We'd play sports together. We would always go out and just hang out together. So really, yeah, like best buddies. Yeah. How much? How much younger did you say he was? He's about seventeen months. Wow. So and that's it's uh that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I my uh, my younger brother's uh, about three years younger than me, and we were always at each other. Always at each other. <laughs> uh, you know, now we're we're best buddies yeah. and we've we've become really good friends. But yeah, for a long time there it was. It was always, you know, at each other. So uh, Springville, mm-hmm. uh, high school, good experience in high yeah, school? loved high school. Okay. Loved high school. Um, yeah, I never uh, – high school was, was fun for me. Like I got along with, with everybody, um, had tons of friends, whether you played sports or whether you were – I just got along with everybody. I didn't have any enemies. I didn't really judge anybody. I just, you know, some people were doing their own thing or whatever, but I was just always, you know, friends with – basically everybody there. Yeah, just got yeah. along and Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so then what after high school, did mm-hmm. you stick around Springville? Uh, did you move someplace so, or what did you do? So uh after high school, um I uh served in LDS mission. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where would you go? So I went to Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Portland's awesome. Yes, beautiful. People out in Portland are amazing people. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Right right along the Willamette uh yeah, all over, all yeah. over. I mean, I just I we, my, my wife did a triathlon there one uh, year, and and we were we were taught quickly it's not Will Willamette or whatever it's yeah. Willamette, right? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they get they get mad. Yeah, if you don't pronounce it right. Exactly. So yeah. you're in Portland for the two year mm-hmm. mission yeah. and good experience. Yeah, yeah, good experience. Um, love the people there. You know, had had amazing uh, relationships and. Baptized a lot of people for a, you know, a state other than Utah. I would yeah. say, so yeah, it was a really good experience. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So for for those that don't know, I mean, a two year mission is uh, usually for members of the church. Yes, they turn at the time nineteen. Now yeah. it's eighteen, but they they volunteer and go and and they're the missionaries you see walking around the streets, mm-hmm. and they the goal is to baptize converts, yeah. right? So yeah, I've. Yeah, I felt, I don't know, I felt like maybe I was a little bit of a different missionary because, uh-huh. like, I, w- I was willing to listen because we would go and t- talk to other people. And I just, you know, I wanted, I just wanted to learn everything, huh. you know. Yeah. I th- yeah, I believed in what I believed at that time, you know, but I still wanted the knowledge or to learn other things and how, you know, other religions uh-huh. were. It was like, I thought that was really cool and interesting. That's so, so. cool. You know, my experience, I, I, I went on a mission. But my experience was, I know, and I need to teach you. And I've since learned very differently, right? I mean, I, yeah. I've gone a completely different direction. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. To, to be at that age and to have that mindset where you're like, you know what? Actually, I'm here to learn. Yeah. And my mindset was, I'm here to tell you how to live, yeah. which, is, which is unfortunate. Because at that age, you know, what do, yeah. you, what do we know? You know? <laughs> Even now, like, what I do know. I know? I'm learning every day, right? I know. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's it, for other people that, that don't know too, you know, you're, you're with different companions. You got yep. a companion by your side for 24 seven. Yeah. Um, did yeah. you get along with your companions yeah. and you don't choose your companions no, either? No, so, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think that goes back to like in high school, I was able to like, just get along with everybody. You know what I mean? Um, so like, yeah, there was some companions that were more difficult than others of course you know yeah but for the most part i i felt like uh i could get along with them yeah yeah. awesome yeah so two years Mm -hmm. came back so charged up yeah missionary a lot of missionaries get home and they're like i got life figured out i just got to do this and this and this and and i got it so uh i'm just gonna uh, go back a little bit so on my mission Uh my back started hurting a little bit oh and so uh, I was on a bike. I was in a bike area, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, oh, what is going on? You know, I'm this 19-year-old kid. I'm in, I'm in good health. I'm in good yeah. shape. And like, You've always been an athlete. Yes. What, what's going on? And so there was a, an older couple that he was a doctor, you know, and he just kind of, he didn't really look at it or anything. He just prescribed me uh, ibuprofen 800s. And I took those for a couple, you know, like a month or something. And then I got put into a car. So it you know, didn't hurt very much at all. And so nothing came about it or anything like that. But then when I got home from a mission, you know, of course I go and find a job and Uh and I'm working like two, two jobs. I'm, I'm being a server at a, at a restaurant 
and, and Provo. Uh-huh. And and uh, my back starts hurting again. You know, I'm working like these long shifts, and mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm 21 years old. My back, you know, I feel like like this is crazy. You feel like an old man. Yeah, like 21 and, years old. And I feel like I'm pretty tough. I don't yeah, feel like yeah. like pain like i work through injuries and stuff you know and playing sports and sure. whatever stitches or whatever all that stuff and it, i don't know why but my mom was like uh let's just go check it out you know my mom was concerned because i was coming home and i was you know so we went to a doctor a local doctor out in provo they did an mri and they said your l4 and l5 disc are torn and herniated and the only thing we can come up with was it was probably in in uh, injury in, in sports somehow wow. that never got taken care of. Wow. And but you didn't know. No. You, didn't, you don't remember like getting hit I in don't, football? Or... I don't really, yeah, I don't re- huh. really remember because hmm. we were always getting banged up and we're yeah. just kids running around, yeah. jumping off stuff, doing stupid stuff all the time. Yeah. So, and this is back in uh, 2001-ish, 2001, 2002. And so the doctor... You know, just gave me a bunch of pain meds, gave me a bunch of pain meds and gave me muscle relaxers and said, go to the chiropractor and, and that will help. And so up until this time, I've never, I never took any pain meds for anything. You know, um, I never drank alcohol, never done anything in high school. I was just a good kid. I hung out with all my friends were, uh, good kids. We played sports. We just had fun. Yeah. It was offered to me, offered to me a couple times, but it never was like, uh, I'd always question, like, why? Why would I want to do that? Like, my life, like, is good. Like, I don't want to mess anything I don't, up. I don't or need anything. that. Yeah, I don't. Well, on top of that, for those who don't know, too, I mean, growing up as a Mormon kid, yeah. <laughs> like, that's definitely forbidden and yeah. definitely, you know, no alcohol, drugs, no, even caffeine was, <laughs> when we yeah. were kids, like, even Coca-Cola was frowned on, right? Yeah. I mean, so, even caffeine. So, anyway, so, so yeah. So, yeah, I just uh, stayed away from it. But uh, so now, all of a sudden now I have a doctor prescribing me it and uh, I'm taking it how I should. And uh, I start to feel relief. I start to feel a, a little bit better. Things, you know, things, it's just feel better. Everything just kind of is, is better, you know. And uh, I started hanging out with uh, with some other people that had, had uh, lived different lifestyles, you know. And so it got to the point where I, I was taking my medication, and one one of the guys was like, "What are you taking?" And I told him, and he said, "Well, can I can I buy some of that from you?" And I was like, "Why?" Huh. You know, huh. like, yeah, <laughs> you know that question, like, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy, like, I'll buy all mall from you." And I was like, "Well, I, I need some of them. I could probably yeah. sell, sell you some, but it was it was just weird, huh. you know." Yeah. So. Yeah, like, what what do you need? What? I mean, do you, have yeah. a low, do you have a lower back problem? Yeah. Like, what do you, are you in yeah. pain or something? And he's yeah. like, no, dude. They you make you have not yet yeah. been a drug dealer to, <laughs> yes. to know that this is, yes. this is about to be a drug deal about yes. to go down. Okay, yes. got it. Yeah. And so, anyways, I, I, I think I sold him a couple. I don't even know what I sold him for or anything like that. And so he, he gets them, and all of a sudden he, he's uh, crushing them up. And I was like, Why, what <laughs> what are you doing, uh-huh. you know? Like I'm this like naive yeah. kid, like yeah, you know, come from yeah. a small Utah yeah. town, or and uh, all of a sudden he's crushing them up and he's sniffing them, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, you know, these make you these are make make them last longer. They make you feel better. Like you should do it too." And I don't know why, huh? I don't know why, but uh, that day I don't. I tried it. To, I tried it too. Yeah, yeah. You're like, so, well, okay, yeah. yeah, let's try it. So. I en- and ended up trying it with him, and it did. It did. It it hit me faster, and and I felt like it lasted a little bit longer. So then I started doing it like that all the time. Hmm. Um, and, and you're like, why didn't my doctor just tell me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's up, doc? Right, like, <laughs> right. And what am I? What am I doing these copays for? If you yeah. you don't tell me how to actually take these Gosh. pain relievers? Well, yeah. and it's like like I look back now and all the. Uh, all the research and everything we know about oxycotton and and pain pills and and that whole epidemic and yeah. everything like that and that's that's for me that was kind of the start you know he yeah. didn't t- he didn't give me a warning or or anything like that you know and so i'm taking these these pills and uh one day i forget them i go to my work and i forget them you know mm. i was t- there were percocets at the time yeah 
and I forget them. And uh, the boss that I was working for was like, oh, you're fine. I have stuff in the back for you. And I was like, uh, no, you don't. Tylenol, like, no, yeah. you don't this understand. This doesn't work. Yeah. yeah like I, and he's I like, no, I have stuff in the back. So I remember walking with what him. What kind of job was it? Like a- It was a server job, just a restaurant. Okay. Yeah, down in Provo. Huh. Um, and uh, I remember go- going back into his office with him, and he, and he put a pill on, the, on the, his desk thing, and it said OC on it. And uh, I'd never seen one of those before. And then on the other side, it said 40. And so it was Oxycontin 40. I've never, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's like the same t- kind of. And then at that point, I told him, and he's like, yeah, uh, it's like the same stuff you're taking, basically. It's just a little bit stronger, he tells me. So Oxycontin yeah. is stronger than Percocet. Yes. Okay. And uh, so he gives me this this pill, and he's like, you, you crush them up and stiff them, right? And I yeah. Yeah. So I did it. And I remember doing it and I felt like Superman. I worked from from eight o'clock in the in the morning, you know, getting the restaurant open to like twelve o'clock at night. All the whole night. Just uh. give me tables. I felt like my back didn't hurt. I had all this energy. I was like super friendly with customers. I felt I was like This is the best yes. thing ever. Like why isn't not everybody on this? Yeah. You know? And so the next day I went to him and said, hey, can I get another one? So he gave me another one. And then I went to the next day and I said, hey, can I get another one? And he said, hey. This is your manager? Yes. This is my manager at, at uh, the restaurant. And he's like, uh, you need to start buying these. You yeah. know, these are these are expensive. You can sell these. These are expensive. And so I said, okay, so how much? Five bucks? You know, a pill? And he's like, no, I want 30 bucks. I'm all $30? He's like, yeah, they normally sell for like a dollar a milligram. I was like, what the heck? Wow. So I was like, all right. Because like I could work all day. I was making really yeah. good money. I, all the tables I wanted just keep giving me tables and I had energy. And so then I started buying them. And then he started selling me his whole script, you know, as it progressed. And then I started selling from the restaurant to other people that were coming in, buying. Wait, people were coming in to buy like a taco. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got something to go with. I got a little OC to go with that taco. Is well, that... people that I just knew, so I started. Oh, the, got it. So I started, uh, uh, like the club scenes and all of that stuff, you know, and and started drinking at this time too a mm-hmm. little bit, and uh, people found out that I had these, and so they would tell somebody, then they would tell somebody, mm-hmm. then they would tell somebody. So then eventually, I'm I'm working, and people are coming into the restaurant. And then I'm doing deals in the bathroom, and then they're going out. So wow. that goes on for, I don't know, a while until uh, the assistant manager, who wasn't in on this, yeah, um, basically figures it out and ends up firing me. Man. So. Wow. But, I mean, you think, oh, you just lost your job that you've had for, I think I'd worked there maybe a year or so, you know. Yeah. Oh, now what I do. But it, what, I, didn't, I didn't even care because – I have all this money coming from all these different people yeah. and, you know. Probably easier money. And yeah. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. put up with customers' crap. Yeah, right? exactly. So um, then I just went full-blown just selling. So what time period is this? Like from the first time you try OC to the time you get. Really quick. Like we're talking months, like yeah. a couple months, yeah. five months, six months, a yeah. year. And so I was buying his script because he, he, was, he was getting tons Tons, way Where, too many. Where's he getting? Them? He's getting you know from I mean? a doctor. So apparently he had an accident with a gun, and misfired. So he was getting oxy forties, oxy thirties, and like some instant release, like tens or fifteens. I can't remember. Wow. So just a hundred and twenty of each a month. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. So in a span of, how how long have you been home from your mission and? Uh, maybe a, a year. A year. Maybe. So in a span of a year, going from this spot of like teaching people not to drink caf- like coffee, <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you're all of a sudden you're you're in this spot where yeah. you've got is I guess by this point it's an addiction to yeah. these painkillers. Absolutely. And also alcohol to accompany it. Mm-hmm. And and the next thing you know you're out of a job. Mm-hmm. But you've got a great source of income. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, job. Yeah. Who needs it? Wow. What a what a that's a that's a yeah. that's a fast I mean, and 
and like I I didn't I look back at it now of course you know yeah. and I'm like I I felt like I wasn't really doing anything wrong because sure. it was just doctors just like, give it was these just to like, people it was natural yeah yeah like people yeah. take these all the time yeah. like you know yeah why not why wouldn't I yeah. sell them you know yeah it's not like I'm selling like heroin or, yeah. or crack cocaine on the corner or anything yeah. like that but it's it's exactly the it's same a prescription thing. well yeah but I mean in your like I think in I mean thousands of people were in your spot. Yeah. of being prescribed these really strong prescription painkillers yeah. without the parameters that are necessary to avoid yeah. that, what what you ended up living. Yeah. So what happened next? I mean, you so you've got this, you've got a clientele that, yeah. that can buy what you're selling. And then do you go to your own source or do you, yep. do so you keep then, getting it from the manager guy? So I get, I get from the manager guy and then I just need more because not only am I taking more, but I have all these people that are trying to buy them. So I find a, a local doctor that starts prescribing me some. We're going to, uh, me and my friends are going to Vegas to get more out there. It's this whole slew of. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to get the supply. Yes. Yeah. When you're going to Vegas, are you, are you meeting with doctors down there and yeah. getting prescriptions? So these are all legit doctors. Yeah. You're going in, you're saying, look, yep. I've got a torn L5 or L6, they, whatever. I just show them my MRI and they give me whatever I want. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, well, okay. And what have you take before? I just tell them and they're like, okay, here, you know? Wow. So, wow. So, okay. So then walk me through what is the next year? So to, what does the next year to five years look like? Yeah. So then for the next couple of years, it was, it was just selling and doing Oxycontin all day, every day. That's all I did. You know, that was my job, full-time job, yeah. you know? Um, and then, the the doctor in Vegas got in trouble. The whole investigation happened with him, so he stopped. We stopped going going there, yeah. going out there to grab him. Um, the guy that I was getting him from here, he got cut off. He got only what he was taking. All the other ones, you know, people started regulating it, and so he got cut off. So he couldn't sell to me, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there. I don't have anything. People are calling me, and I'm. I don't know what to do. Your supplies run yes. out. You don't have any suppliers. Yes. And so I'm sitting there. So at what, at what period is this? This uh, is probably two so years. Up to two yeah. years after leaving the restaurant. Yep. And did you find like you're, you feel like you're running a business? I mean, <laughs> this is like a – and you have to remember customers and you got customers yeah. and cell phone and just like yep. – are you like taking notes of what people like? I mean, you know what I mean? Is yeah. this no, so you're I running mean, you're running a business. Yeah. You're running a business for Yeah. In a way, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And so uh all of a sudden it's there's nothing and then I start getting like sick. You know, and I'm like, "Oh, I think and I remember I was I was uh with one of my friends and his and his uh like I guess girlfriend at the time. Um and I'm like, "Hey, I'm, I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm getting like the flu or something." And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I know myself. I think, I, you know, and she's like, no. She, she's like, you're having withdrawals. And I and never experienced withdrawals because I've always had what I needed. I never once. And she says, no, those are your your body's going through withdrawals. It needs you are 100% addicted. And I was like, no, I'm not, <laughs> you mm. know. Two, three years later yeah. doing it every day, yeah, your body comes totally dependent. Yeah. Um, and so the, but it is interesting that like in your mind, yeah, it's like, no, this isn't, this isn't like a problem. I'm not addicted. It's just, yeah. I'm it just, just makes me feel better. This, I'm just, feel, I feel yeah. better and I'm helping these other people. Yeah. So it goes from, uh, getting sick and more sick and I'm calling all these people that I've s sold to for the past year, two years, you know, and nobody can find anything. Like, I'm just like, Hey, I'll buy one. I have money. I'll buy it, you know? And uh, nobody can find anything, and I'm getting sicker and sicker, and I'm like, oh, what is going on? And the girlfriend of this of one of my roommates said, hey, you know, she's, she saw me, and she's like, you're super sick. I have heroin if you want to try that. I said, absolutely not. You know, the heroin's for junkies, you yeah. know. And so ended that conversation. And three, four hours go by, and I still can't find anything, and I'm getting more sick. I'm throwing up, and and I'm like, what is going on? Like super sick, shaking, sweaty, hot, cold. 
And so finally she comes back again and she's like, hey, you can sniff it. And I don't know why that made it okay for me because yeah. I always thought, oh, heroin, you have to inject it or, you know, shoot it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so that day I tried heroin for the first time. Yeah. And I sniffed some heroin and instantly again, all of a sudden I'm not sick. I have energy mm. back to, you know. Am I going to do this yeah. and be sick or am I going to do this and feel like a like Superman? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. And Man. so then I just started going uh, with her every day up to Salt Lake and, and buying it mm-hmm. up here in Salt Lake. And so then I Because she had a supplier. Yeah. She's like, hey, I can tell you where, where we can yeah. get it. So she showed me how to go up here and, and buy it. Um, and so I started going with her. I'd give her money. She would go meet with the guy in the car and come back and you know and so then i start telling other people because everyone else is addicted so then i start selling that yeah because you've already got a, yeah you've got a customer base yeah so then it switches to that it's cheaper first off it's way cheaper and then and then not only is it heroin but then uh cocaine and crack get involved with it too so now i have more more things more yeah, product more, to sell yeah more products to sell and, and they're easier to get yep and cheaper to get yeah hmm Yep. So, okay. So then that, your business goes a different direction. Yeah. You get a new product. Yeah. Go back to the, the same customers. Yeah. So that's two years in basically. Yeah. And then how long does that, how long does that go? So that lasts for a while until I start running out of money, of course. I'm selling to some people, but my habit is so much that it's, it's not equaling out. Hmm. How much, you're not so, selling enough to pay for your yes. own. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that starts going bad. And so one day I go to the bank and uh, I'm, I'm at the bank and I say, hey, I need to take some money out. And they're like, okay, you know, I'm like, I don't know my account number. And so they, they looked it up and they said, you have two accounts. One's got like, like 300 bucks in it and this other one's got a bunch of money in it. And I was like, what? I was like, well, yeah, I want to take some out of the one that's got a bunch yeah. of money in it. Yeah. And that, that account was set aside. That was my parents' account. And they had put me on there just in case something happened to them that I, I was able to get it. And I, at that time, I didn't, I didn't know that. And so for, I don't know, for like a month, maybe two months, and they were setting all that si- money aside to remodel their house or, or do whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so for about two months, I'd, I was going to the bank every day. And just taking, dipping, dipping into that, mm-hmm, that. Taking $100 the first time, then $200, yeah. then $200, 250 But, you know, and then finally, uh, I don't know if – I don't know at all because this is it's a little bit foggy at this time too because I'm – I'm yeah, completely lost it. You're, you're, you know? deep, you're deep yes, into your addiction. Absolutely. Sure. And I don't know if my mom checked it or, or something like that. And uh, – I'd moved into my grandparents' house. I was living in their basement. They were given, given me room to live in their basement because my parents knew something was up, but they didn't know exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I remember the police came and raided uh, my grandparents' house. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're, is it in Salt Lake? Or it's in, in or, Spanish Fork. Spanish Fork. Yeah. So, so. Your pa- so the police raid your grandparents' mm-hmm. house. Do they arrest you? Mm-hmm. And they arrest you for stolen. No, they well what what, what well, were they arresting with, you for? With the bank thing, yeah, they couldn't really do anything because, because my your name, name was on yes. It. So True. they come in, they come in, and they ask me questions, and of course I have drugs on me. Sure, and so that's what they arrest me for. Got so it. that was the first time I was arrested and for with possession of heroin and and cocaine, and intent to distribute, drug free zone. They just everything that yeah. they you know. So and your parents' suspicion was confirmed. Yes, that's the at this point. Yeah, we're suspecting that. Yeah, Man. so was that hard for you with your parents? So were you were you deep in your addiction? So yeah, it didn't it didn't, it didn't, really, it didn't yeah. affect you like? No, I mean, of course, like looking back now, sure, yeah, but at that moment it was just like whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I became, became so numb and so yeah. selfish and everything that nothing else oh. mattered. The only thing that mattered was getting high. Man. That was the only thing that ever mattered. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. And how was that? How was that on your, because you were, it sounds like you were pretty close to your parents growing up. Yeah. Was that, did your So I'd been distancing or? myself oh. for a while, you know. I since, was, you, since you started down yeah. this path, it was yeah. kind of like. I was always busy, you know. I wasn't, 
if I showed up to family stuff, it was only for a little bit, and and yeah. I was high, and you know, and they yeah. didn't really know. They were like, he's different, but they never know. been around it or anything. They, they had no you idea. Know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just scary stuff. Yeah, scary stuff. And to me, it, I've heard stories, you know, and it's like it, it. These are normal, good people that get caught in these, these paths, yeah. and like. Anyway, it's it's I know. It's, he- it's heavy stuff, man. Yeah. And thinking about your parents and how how were your little brothers? I mean, because I I'm especially your younger one, just younger than you. Mm. I'm sure they looked up to you. Yeah. And, um, how, you know, how was, how did that affect your relationships with them? Um, so kind of the same, same thing. You had been distancing yourselves, yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, once I went down that path, it was, it was all about me, you know, and, and, uh, less and less of my family, you know, but my, of course my brothers were super disappointed in me when it all went down, you know, and, and looking back and, and seeing them because all the all of them were just good good kids they never you know got caught up in any of this yeah. you know i'm like the black sheep of the family of course hmm. um they also didn't have an l5 l6 that <laughs> they got prescribed percocet for yeah yeah which and i'm not trying to give any excuse or yeah. anything like that but i just think i don't know the more the the older i get the more i think compassion is is the only thing that matters mm-hmm. you know because we don't know. We don't know what other people are going through. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for anybody to get into a place of judgment of like, well, don't do that. Well, yeah. that's a stupid, that's a stupid decision. Yeah. Why would you do that? And it's like, well, I don't know if yeah. I were in the same situation, what would I have done? Yeah. And yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably the same, the same path. Yeah. So anyway, it's just a, I, I, I just think about it a lot yeah. when I'm doing these interviews and Hearing people's stories, it's yeah. like, I just think compassion is so important. So anyway, keep going. So, yeah, I I, I totally believe that too because uh, you never know. Even even now, you know, I, I you know, work with, with addicts and, and all that right now, you know, and and because uh, you don't know. You don't know yeah. what happened to them, you know. Yeah. Some yeah. people say, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's it was a choice for you. You know, um, it became a choice for me. Absolutely. Yes. But when it first started, it, I, I didn't know, you know, but yeah. as it went on, yes, it became, it, it yeah. was a choice for me, you know? Um, so you mentioned your first arrest mm-hmm. at your grandparents' house. Yeah. Was that the only, No. Did, so did that, was that kind of the beginning yes. of this, this process yeah. of yep. reoffending and now it's, it's almost like now you're on their radar. Yep. So now they know. Yeah. And now they're looking for you. Yep. So it was, it was crazy because the first time I got arrest, arrested, it was, it was, felt like a dream. It didn't feel real. I remember all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting woke up by a CEO, a, correct, a correctional officer in some weird place that I've never been before. And he's knocking on my, on my bunk bed, if you will, um, and saying, Hey, Cooper, you got court. And, you know, I'd just been passed out this whole time. And so I'm going to court, you know, this is the first time I'm like kind of coherent with what's going on. And that's when the judge is like, uh, charges me with these things and says, no bail. You have no bail. You know, and then I go back I'm in my cell and I'm like, how did I get here? How do is, I go? Is this years later? Is no. this months later after getting arrested at your grandparents? No, this is when I got arrested at my grandparents. Yeah, got it. Right after. Got so it. then... All of a sudden, I'm I'm sit- I go back and I'm sitting on my on my bunk and I'm thinking, how do I go from this kid who loves life, you know, uh, sports, family, to sitting in a jail cell with absolutely anything, nothing, you know, it's just, you know, and even in that moment, yeah, I had a moment of clarity, but as soon as I got out, I, you know, yeah. went back. Yeah, your body's programmed. Yeah, it's. Wow, man, that's just, it's just heavy, mm-hmm. just heavy stuff. So tell me what, what happened next? So then it's just, uh, again, you know, uh, they put me in drug court and I mm-hmm. do drug court Yeah, and I'm just clean because, well, kind of at first I keep having dirties. So I keep going in for the weekend. If you have a dirty UA, you have to go in for the weekend. So I, I was like, oh, I can do the weekend in jail and get high. And that's not 
I'll just plan yeah. my weekends in jail. Yeah. yeah. So I did that for a while, and they were like, hey, no more. Like, And so then I just kind of white-knuckled it. I just didn't use because, I, you know, they were going to kick me out, and I didn't want to go to jail. And they were saying prison and all this other stuff. And so I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that, you know. So I just kind of stopped using just because, you know, I didn't want to go to jail or prison yeah. anymore for a long time. So the the uh, the withdrawal symptoms would hit you, and you're like, I just gotta like a muscle through this. Yeah, they weren't they they weren't as bad because I wasn't using like I was, you know. Um, so yeah, so huh. white knuckle drug court, you know, and uh, graduated drug court. And the day I graduated drug court, I was high that day, hmm. and it same thing, you know. And my family is putting me at th- through this time is is different rehabs, you know, detoxes and all this stuff, trying to sh- trying to help me. Yeah. You know, when not I maybe I wanted help because I ran out of money or yeah. or whatever that looked like, but did I really want to change? Not really. Yeah. You wanted you wanted to find a new way to yes. be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't want to be sick most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So. So then what uh, then what happened? So then that lasts for like I don't know another you know here jail rehab you know for the next couple of years um and then uh finally uh I go to uh this a uh, wilderness program. Uh-huh. So and it was out in the wilderness and it was like 3 months long and it was in the middle of winter and coolest thing like uh, it was really cool but it was hard too but um yeah it just showed me i could do things that i didn't think i could do yeah so uh came came back from that went to a sober living uh stayed there for for almost two years at this sober living so i had almost two years clean at this sober living but i had this sober living it was good i was surrounded by good people but my behaviors and my choices still followed me there you know, and uh, n- what I know now is 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 uh, the drugs weren't my problem. I was always the problem at this point. You know, mm. my choices and my behaviors always took me back. Mm. You know, because I'd been clean a, a hundred times. You know, thirty days. You know, and I always go back because of my behaviors. Huh. You know, and my choices. And so, I'm at this sober living house. All of a sudden, I become the house manager. You know, I get. You know, I'm doing really good. And uh, I'm taking care of the the meds for people. You know, they trust me. You know, you've earned the trust. Yes, and... I've earned the trust. And uh, one day I have this toothache. You know, and uh, I have this one guy left, and he left his his suboxin, which is you know, it helps with a with a opiate addiction. And so I took a little piece of that and didn't say anything. You know sneaky so yeah. my sneaky behaviors are still there i haven't yeah. worked on those yeah. i was clean and sober but i hadn't worked on being entitled sneaky uh doing mm-hmm. what i want being dishonest those things still followed me mm-hmm. you know so even after two years of, of not using i'm still that person interesting so so you leave that facility so i'm there at the facility i'm, uh-huh. I'm using every once in a while with the suboxone and then one day I just say, basically, screw it. And I go down to the block and get heroin and cocaine again, yeah. you know, and it's off to the races again. Yeah. So how long did that go? Um, for just a little bit. Um, and then my family got me again, same story, you know, got me into another rehab and in Sandy, you know, and I did that and stayed clean for a little bit, you know, same stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So what changed? Um, so I, I tried to do the suboxone route and instead of, because I, I know my life sucks, <laughs> you know? So I tried to do the suboxone route and it's basically just putting a Band-Aid over, over what's really going on. And that's how I feel, you know? And uh, it never really helped me because you're, you're getting high, but now it's, it's the same thing. And so I did that for it's a like while. It's like a prescribed high. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it was what I was doing at first. <clears throat> you know, and that eventually, you know, it just yeah. feeds my addiction part of my brain. Yeah. 
and until one day my addiction takes over and I, I'm back to using again. So I'm using, I'm, I'm living in uh, an apartment. I rent a room from this, this lady and I'm living in her one bedroom. Well, she has two bedroom apartments, but I'm living in one of the rooms and I'm renting it from her and I start using again and it gets really, really bad to the point where I'm 38 years old and uh, I'm like, what What have I done with my life? I have nothing to show for my life. My life's become nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what is the point? And so uh, I basically just decided that I was going to be done. I was done with it. I was going to end it. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Right before I did, I just texted my mom, and I told her that I needed help. Uh, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing this is this is heavy stuff man thank you for your vulnerability yeah. and sharing and so you called your mom she said hey don't she said don't where you, are you don't you dare she said where yeah. are you yeah and i told her and she said i'll be there and however long it took wow. her man so yeah hmm thank god for moms absolutely yeah so absolutely. she came and got you yeah. then what then what took me to the hospital yeah she took me. I checked into the hospital. Yeah, I weighed, I think a hundred. I think one hundred twenty pounds. You one hundred twenty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, this yeah. isn't a visual podcast, but you're a muscular. <laughs> I bet you're two ten. Yeah. What are you? Two twenty. Two twenty. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I can't imagine you one hundred and ten pounds lighter. Yeah. Super wow. sick. Wow. Um, yeah, your your build is not meant to be <laughs> in the hundreds. Yeah. You're a broad-shouldered guy. Wow. So the hospital, I stayed stayed at the hospital. They were just giving me insure like every every hour, yeah. trying to get all, get everything. My iron, yeah. every everything was just completely. My my skin was like yellow. I had those huge dark circles under my yeah. eyes. I just you Your know walking had dead. It. Yeah. Ugh. So I was in the hospital for I don't know. Uh, I I want to say like two or three weeks at least. Wow. Yeah. And in this period of time, I'm I'm trying to think, like, where am I going to go? You know, I have no money. You know, my parents are, are they love me, but they, they can't. They, they, they've, they've spent so much money yeah. up to this point of trying to help me, trying to yeah. help me, you know. And I'm like, where, you know. So, like, the counselor comes in and she gives me some resources, but everything costs money. Yeah. You know. And then uh, one of my friends... Uh, she says, uh, "Hey, uh, my bro- my stepbrother, I, th- I think stepbrother or some- something, went to the other side academy, and it's it it didn't cost him anything, and he liked it so much he stayed. He's he was it's a two year program, but he liked it so much that he stayed. And you so like I was stayed? like, well, yeah. purpose? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, what? well, and the programs I've always been to are the thirty, sixty, ninety yeah. day programs. Yeah, nothing, and." And I remember my mom asking me, like, you know, it's two years. And I said, at this point, I was like, what? A, I'm not doing yeah. anything. Like, I have nothing. You know, it's free. It doesn't cost me anything. You know, they just want uh, a willingness to do something different, you oh. know. And so I said, yeah, you know, I'll Man. go. Man, I I, I get pretty uh, – that touches me a lot, man. I just think, you know, the Other Side Academy, the impact and the – changed lives and man what an amazing organization yeah. so you, you went and sat on the bench yep <laughs> so i called bench. i called i called uh and talked to a woman on the phone and she said the day you re- get released you come straight here and so my mom when i got released she took me straight there were you any heavier yeah. Did you gain a couple pounds <laughs> yes. in the hospital? Yeah. Do you know how much you gained? Uh, I think almost 30 pounds in the three weeks. Are you kidding? 30 yeah. pounds in three weeks? Well, your body, yeah. obviously, your yeah. body was body probably was just so, absorbing yes. every yes. And they, every calorie. They had, yeah. They had me on, on you know, huge meals, and then I would take those Ensure protein, yeah. huge amounts. Every hour I had to drink one. Every hour I had to drink one. Every hour I had to drink yeah. one. So. Oh, so you're... So you go to the other side academy, you sit on the bench. Yeah. I've heard stories about the bench. I mean, yeah. the bench, maybe you can just yeah. quickly tell, you know, our listeners what is it? they've if they've listened to any episodes yeah. before, they've heard about the bench, but So I I sit on the bench and I'm like honestly, like some people sit on the bench for hours. Yeah. You know, I sat on the bench for 5 minutes and Dave 
<laughs> the the director yeah uh was there and yeah. he uh he started asking me questions you know yeah. like why you want to be here da, 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 you know and yeah. okay let's let's do an interview you know yeah. and uh in the interview process it was dave and two other students and the two other students didn't say anything it was just dave the whole time and he was telling me things that other men have told me and I've never wanted to listen to, or I try to fight back or, yeah. or any of that. Yeah. And for once in my life, I just shut up because everything he said was absolutely true. And I couldn't, at this point in my life, I couldn't argue. Huh. And I just shut up and said, yeah, you're right. He told me everything I was and every, everything uh. I've been, you know, and I've never had, you know, I didn't know if he was a counselor or a doctor or, or any of that. I didn't know any of that. It's just you this know? guy just Yeah. So I thought you. he was like this, the wisest doctor counselor I've ever met in my yeah. life. You know, and uh, I just sat back and I just listened, you know, and I said, you're absolutely right. You know, I need you. I need your guys' help. You admit you just owned it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, I'm emotional. Sorry, man. <laughs> I just I'm hearing these things. and I'm just thinking what strength it takes from your end um, to go and, and listen to somebody tell you these negative things about you and just to own it. Yeah. And. And also to know that you needed that. You needed to be there. Yeah. So you get in, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, owning, and I, owning re- it. I remember one thing that stuck out to me a lot, too, is he asked me if I loved my mom. You know? And, of, of course, I, I say, yes, of course I love my mom. You know? And uh, he's, he's telling me that, and, she, and she's sitting right there. You know? And I see tears in her eyes and stuff. And he's like, oh, man. No, you don't. I would, oh, I would, I would hate to see the people that you don't love. Because if you love your mom and this is how oh, you treat her, man. yeah, that's dagger heavy. Dagger. Your mom's yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh. And she's crying and tears. And, and in that moment, I, I told myself I never want my mom to ever feel like that ever again. Man. For once in my life, I felt like I wasn't, I wanted something that wasn't for me, but was for somebody else. Yeah. And up until that point, yeah. I'd been selfish my whole life. Wow. It's heavy in here, man. <laughs> um, so you start your journey with the other side academy. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Uh, so we do this thing on for the first Sunday of every month. We do what's called a check-in, and every student gets gets up and kind of gives a brief check-in of how their month was. And I'd been there like two or three days, I think, because I got there May first of twenty nineteen was the day I got there. Um, and uh, a couple of days later, so I'm standing up, and I stand up, and I said, my name's Colin, and I'm not a crier, and I started crying. And up to that point, I, mm-hmm. I really couldn't tell you the last time I cried. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt safe. Mm-hmm. I just felt like this is what I've always wanted, and I felt like there wasn't judgment mm-hmm. from other people, mm-hmm. and I just felt completely safe. Wow. So I bought in real quick. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, which is, you know, I think it's also just commendable. I mean, you go into a house like that where, you know, people obviously have struggled with their life and their and the decisions or the path that they, yeah. the life has taken them down. And that yet that's the place where, or, you know, where I know the other side academy has third strike offenders and just lots of yeah. not clean records, right? And and yet you go there and that's the place you feel safe. That's the place you feel a lack of judgment. And that to me is just a really it's a really strong commentary on our society. And you know, how easy it is for us as a as a society to look on people and pass judgment. Mm-hmm. Where when you're in a place like that, it's like we're all sinners. We're all trying to figure out life. Yeah. And I think actually that's how would that be if that was the bigger society? They're all just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. So that hits me hard, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So you're there for two years. Mm-hmm. So I do my two years. Um, I get, uh, it goes in phases, you know, you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, um, I do my freshman stay for about two two months, 
two months and like a week or two, I think. And then I get called off to the moving company and uh, do the moving company uh, thing. Absolutely love it. Um, being a part of something bigger, being part of the solution instead of the problem anymore, you know, and getting to pe- tell people our stories, yeah. you know, like, hey, I'm this and I'm not this anymore. And they're like, we, we wouldn't even think that of you, yeah, you know, which yeah. is crazy, you know, because I, cause at first I still had that part, like, oh, I'm this yeah. person still. And these other people that don't even know me don't even see that person anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, because other people can see yeah. the change, you yeah. know, you don't really see it. Yeah. But other people but see other it people faster are seeing than you. It. Well, and for those who don't know, the other side Academy also has a moving company that is top rated, Number incredible. <laughs> they run. They, I mean, they're just the hardest working guys and and girls. I mean, it's it's incredible. So you were on that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you progress through, um, do you find it easier to own? Or are you, I've heard a lot of students that kind of go back and have to be corrected and have to be reminded and, or was it, it feels like from what I'm picking up from you, like you're just sold. Yeah. You're just bought in. There was a, there was a few, there was a few things early in my stay, like, cause like the entitlement or, or like, you know, not, not, uh, you know, thinking better than, or just behavior stuff comes sure. out, you know, but that's one thing I kind of, I kind of. Uh, learned real quick is, is if I did a mistake at the other side academy, I didn't make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I got in, if I got, you know, consequences for for this thing or that thing, I I fixed it and I didn't do it again. Because mm-hmm. um, I watched other people kind of doing the same thing over and over, and I, you know, for me, I I learn from other people too. You know, I don't just learn from myself, but I I watch other people and learn from them too. Oh. Yeah. That person, I don't, I don't want to ha- have that consequence. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? Wow. So we fast forward to graduation. So what, I do, what's, what's next? I do the two years. Yeah. And so after your two years, you can graduate. And so I'm having talks with, with Dave and, and other people that I look up to and, and, uh, trust, you know, and, and older students, you know, that are, that stayed. You know, and just asking them why they stayed. And, and uh, Dave comes and asks me, you know, what do you want to do? Are you, you know, are you going to graduate or are you going to stay? And I told him the fir- our first conversation was I didn't know yet. I didn't know. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I feel like this is a big decision and I want to make the best one, you know. And so, I'm, I'm again, I'm talking to uh, students and older students that are there and stuff. And then I come to the realization that, these people that I all look up to, these people that I want to be like, Dave, Chris, you know, John, Matthew, you know, whoever it is, Jesse, I have to do what they did, right? And all of them stayed when they could have left. Huh. And so, of course, you know, and everything I wanted to leave for is, <laughs> you know, the shiny stuff, which my whole life I've, I've, I've taken the easy way out, you know. I've, I've, you know, just because I can doesn't mean I should, huh. you know. And so my whole life I've taken the easy way. And so for once in my life, I, d- I didn't want to take the easy way anymore. Mm. So I stayed a third year. And I got more out of my third year than I did my first two. Mm. And I'm so grateful I stayed that extra year. Yeah. So, yeah. And then staying on as staff, like helping. Yeah. And then so, <laughs> yeah. How, how many years ago was that? Like, or how, was that recent? Yeah. So, uh, so my, my journey was uh, a little bit different. So after... Uh, coming up on my third year, Dave comes and asks me, you know, what do, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know, Dave, you know, I just, I, he's like, what, what kind of job do you want when you leave here? I said, I just want to help people. Hmm. I just want to help people. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know what that looks like, but yeah. I just want to help people. Yeah. And so the people who were graduating with me, they were, they all had jobs getting jobs, Dave's pulling them in and giving yeah. them jobs, you know, to work at Larry H. Miller and all yeah. these awesome, awesome places yeah. to work for, yeah. you know, and, and I'm kind of sitting like he hasn't pulled me in. He hasn't said anything to me. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> I'm just waiting, you know, for him to pull me in. And so I go, and finally I was like, <laughs> you know, call-offs are going to be here pretty soon. And the call-off is, you know, when people graduate. And so, 
I go in and talk and talk to him, and he's like, "Just be patient." I'm all, patient for, even? Yeah. yeah. For what? Patient for what? And so it's call offs. They announce call offs on Friday. And I still don't have a job. And I'm like, all these other people that are graduating, they have jobs. They're lined up. They're going to go to work Monday morning, you know. And so two hours before call-offs, uh, somebody's like, hey, Colin, Dave wants you in his office. And so, you know, I, I go. I'm like, okay, he's going to tell me he found me, a, you know, a job somewhere and, you know, whatever to see if I want to take it. And so he starts talking to me. He's like, and he uh, he uh, offers me – uh, a job at the other side academy mm. you know and in that moment it was like every, mm. it was like the coolest thing ever mm. you know it was like are you kidding me mm. <laughs> you know because i've seen other people like have waited for that they've been there four or five years and and and, and have wanted that and that i've i didn't know i wanted that until i wanted that mm. <laughs> and so in that moment when he said you know, I'm I'm gonna offer you a job. I was like completely like overwhelmed and happy and everything, and like he didn't tell me to pay or anything. I was just like, it didn't, I don't, matter. It didn't matter. You're in. It didn't matter. Yeah, because you know, you're getting to do what you want to do yeah. and help people. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna pay me to do what I've been doing for the last three years. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely, yes, a hundred percent, yes. Wow. And since then, that's where you've been. Yeah. And wow. so, so what are you doing now? What are so you doing? now I uh, help. Uh, so there's a team of us. There's me and, and two women, and we run the whole legal department at the other side academy. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> wow. I know. So, Amazing, man. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So how long have you been, have you been in that role? Uh, a year, and I want to say like seven months, eight months now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you live at the other side mm-hmm. academy? All the staff members live there. Yeah. So yeah. Oh man, yeah. so good. <laughs> so there's there's been a lot, right? And mm-hmm. how how has this affected your relationships with your family? Uh, I could tell from the very beginning that you were close with your family. Yeah. How how has this change for you changed your relationship with your family? Um, so this whole change with my family has gone from from good as a as a kid growing up to absolutely a wreck for 10 plus 20 plus years to amazing. Oh my gosh. Ah. You're killing me here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> just just I can see the love and it's uh it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um so my dad just recently passed like a month ago. Oh, sorry. Um and for me to show up a completely different person and to be able to talk at his funeral and honor him clean and sober and, and who I am today was like the best gift I know I could give to my dad because oh. my whole life I just wanted to make my dad proud yeah oh man <clears throat> yeah it was a really cool experience yeah Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll guarantee your dad's proud. I mean, I just, I've known you for 45 minutes and I'm, I'm blown away. So I'm super grateful, uh, that you share your story. Thank you. Um, and I bet your mom is just over the moon. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Yeah. She doesn't have to. She told me the other day she doesn't have to worry about me anymore. Man. She was always thinking she was going to get that phone call in the middle of the night saying, you know, your son's dead. Yeah. She doesn't have to worry about that now. Yeah. Not only that, you're you're making an enormous impact on other amazing people that have that have been stuck. Yeah. And I just think, oh man, incredible, incredible! What a what a story! Thank you. What a story! What a path! And I, man, it's it's these stories that I, I just they're they blow my mind. And I hope I hope people can listen to them, especially if somebody's in that spot where you were in when you called your mom. Yeah, to come pick you up and. If anybody who's listening is in that spot where they just feel like life isn't 
like it needs to be done. Yeah. Like, what would you tell them when you were at that spot? Like what now, (laughs) what would you tell them that there's help that there's somebody who's been exactly where you've been that can help you through it? Man. And look at, look at from a, a place of utter desperation of wanting to be done to a spot of fulfillment and purpose <laughs> yeah. and helping other people yeah. achieve their life's purposes. And and that's all you, man. That's all you. <laughs> that's all you. And that's from the utter depths. And, uh, man, if there's, if there's one person that listens to that story, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. And, uh, I'm so grateful you would open up and share your story. And, and I'm sure anybody who's listening is equally grateful that you'd be vulnerable enough to share your story and yeah uh, what so any advice or anything you anything you'd like to leave to our listeners about you know your your journey or what you've learned or takeaways like what what would you like to leave with our listeners um i think the the biggest thing i i want to leave you know who's ever listening or or whatever that that there is a place there's there's help out there you know that's not going to cost you any money. You know, we don't take insurance, you know. We just, you know, take somebody who wants to change. Yeah. You know, and and for me, that, that was big for me because, like I said, at the time I didn't have anything, you know. Yeah. And that, uh, like, if if I could do it, like, anybody can do it, you know. It just takes, you know, a little bit of of wanting to do something different, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's help. Yeah. Absolutely, there's help, you know. If they want to get into the other side academy, what do they do? Do they just Google it or what? They can Google it. They can just come and sit on our bench. Um, they can just walk. We have walk-ins. Walk yeah. in and just come sit on the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, some people write us from jail or, or prison, you know, yeah. and we do interviews. And that's the cool thing now is, like, now, like, so uh, about four months ago, I got approved to go into the jails, into the pods, and do a huge presentation, you know, for all the inmates that are in there right now and wow. tell them that, that there's, you know, if they want to do something different, they can. You're incredible, man. <laughs> wow. Colin, I think we'll, uh, we'll call it a day. Awesome. I don't think I can cry more. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> really grateful to you, man. What a, what an absolute pleasure to hear your story. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's been a pleasure.